Hello, my name is Alexander Morari, and I'm the founder of ITK Media. We are the only English podcast uh, about Central and Eastern European startups that are in pre-series A stage. And today we have the founder of a company which is close to my heart and everybody's heart called Cardiomatics out of Krakow in Poland. This is a company developing an AI-based algorithm for automated electrocardiogram analysis. That's correct. Cześć. Yeah, thank you, Alex. Cześć, Cześć, Cześć Rafał. Cześć, Alex. So, which which probably means that your total addressable market is what seven point five billion uh, people on on this planet, and is growing. This your ambition? Is this your ambition? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, kind of close to our vision. So, uh, we believe that uh, basically the role of technology in medicine. Is to make first is to make medicine more human, which means that it should be more available and more efficient. So, in the, so in the end of the day, all patients should be some should benefit somehow from the technology we develop. Yeah. Okay. Then let's jump into the first round of uh, our conversation and the solution, the product. Um, in a nutshell, uh, how would you describe what you are doing? Yeah, so we have developed uh, software that is uh, able to process huge amounts of EKG data in quite short period of time with very high sensitivity. So instead of letting physicians do manual interpretation of EKG signal, we uh, rather believe in letting computers and machines to do the uh, manual job. Uh, our software is basically able to process EKG data and deliver results uh, with uh, important insights about patients' conditions that, that can be dangerous for this given person. Okay, so you are targeting physicians and uh, cardiologists, I understand, like globally, who then provide a quicker, more accurate service or, or, or treatment or diagnosis to the general public. And now, you know what the usual fear with AI-based tools is that they are um, imminent danger to human operators or users, let's say, and they, are re to, to, they will replace uh, human capital, shall we say. Uh, is your product tar like targeting to or aiming to replace or to enable rather the phys physicians and uh, car heart specialists, let's say? Yeah? Mm -hmm. So uh, back in 2017, when we started Cardiomatics, uh, we uh, believed that the main value proposition is automation. So, uh, of course, we still believe in automation. What I, what I mean is that uh, we believe that we want physicians uh, uh, to spend more time with patients rather than spending time on manual work that basically no one likes. So, no one likes. So, uh, things like uh, in halter interpretation or uh, long-term EKG interpretation are not the most popular 
tasks. They, they are, these are tasks that no one likes to do. So uh, we build a software that uh, automates those processes. So um, I would say we allow physicians to spend more time with patients, but uh, during the last months, actually, we also observed that our software is being used not only by cardiologists, but also by general practitioners. And this is where things are getting interesting because in this case, it's not about automation, but it's more about empowering. So we have users that without cardiomatics are forced to refer their patients to secondary care, to specialists. With cardiomatics, they are able to do basic screening, basic uh, halter examinations within their practices. So this is, I believe, where things uh, uh, become very interesting, that uh, we are not only, mm, we not only automate, but we also empower um, specialists uh, in primary care. So as a side note, probably the next, uh, the ultimate goal would be for the patients or for end users or for, for the beneficiaries, beneficiaries of this uh, product to basically measure e EKG by themselves and then get the results right away by themselves, right? If that, that would be, that would be ideal, like self-service as far as uh, EKG um, interpretations and so on. Rafael, I have a question there. Take me by the hand through the process and tell me, like you mentioned the halter, uh, halter data. And halter, I understand this is long-term, like 24, 72-hour um, measurements of heart, heart, heartbeat and hard work and so on, where the, the, the subject would have like some sensors right on them to have continuous uh, all through the day cycle, uh, daytime cycles and so on and so on, right? Okay, and in normal situation without your product, how much time a, um, a cardiologist would spend reading and interpreting and pr trying what to find some irregularities and so on? Yeah, so uh, uh, if we are talking about regular halter examination, it is 24 hour uh, examination. Uh, okay. This is kind of industry. So I'm standard. wearing. I'm wearing the halter uh, uh, monitor for 24 hours, okay. Yeah, and uh, important part of this examination is that it happens outside of the clinic. So uh, you are not lying in clinic, you are doing all your daily activities, working, running, sometimes even taking shower in some case in, in, with some devices sleeping. Uh, so basically you uh, live your normal life and we observe the electric activity of your heart. It's very important to emphasize that it is, it is uh, the examination that is done in natural environment. Yeah, okay. And uh, answering your question about uh, how much time it takes, on average, uh, it takes between 20 and 30 minutes per every 24 hour examination. Uh, but, this is only one side of the coin, right? How much time it takes. But another side of the same coin is that you need to be, uh, actually you need to be an expert to, to, to correctly 
analyze uh, 24 hour examination. So uh, you uh, cannot leave this job for someone that has no expertise. So to do this correctly, first you need an expert mm -hmm. and second, you need the time of this expert to, 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 to make it uh, correctly. Another important factor is that more and more devices are able to record even seven days or even 30 days recordings. So these 20, 30 minutes is, can be easily multiplied by factor of seven or 30, giving basically hours of, of manual job. So you say expertise is needed and expertise is a very subjective thing. Somebody m might be expert, but tired or in bad mood or, you know, doesn't uh, like bad eyesight or something. And then you have all the mistakes and uh, uh, wrong interpretations. Okay. And as far as automation that you provide it, how, like how quick you could get the results um, using your solution, cardiometers? Yeah. So the computation itself for 24 hour recordings takes approximately 10 minutes. So that's, that's like a computational time. Of course, you need to remember that uh, the data needs to be uploaded to our system, then the result needs to be gathered. So the overall time is longer, but the computation itself is, is much faster than, than the human interpretation. Mm -hmm. And what are the additional benefits of doing this through your uh, your your pro, your solution? I understand the the very like digital nature of outcome allows something more than just interpretation here and now. I'm guessing. I, I, am I right? Yeah, uh, there are more benefits uh, of using uh, cloud system. Uh, the uh, Operational benefit is that uh, actually to, to build on what you just said, our system uh, is not tired, right? So you can easily upload 100 recordings at one time and our system will deal with it. So you don't need to hire 10, 20 experts uh, to process the, the, your backlog of data you can easily uh, scale our system within your existing resources. So for many of our customers, this is important because, because they can grow uh, the number of patients without ne necessity of growing the resources. So I could so say... One yeah, sorry. So, so let me just kick in here. Yeah, so I, so I would say that the benefit could be, it, it could be very beneficial to use in uh, areas with dense population or scarce physicians. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, that's correct. And uh, okay. second benefit is that uh, our system is how we call hardware agnostic. Yeah. So basically what it means is that our system can read data from many different devices. So you can imagine practice or clinic having two, three different vendors of EKG machines and cardiomatics uh, is kind of umbrella on top of those, all those devices. You can have all your patients, all your data processed with this very same system. This is also important when we deploy our system in new clinic. So there is no necessity of replacing the old equipment. We can easily integrate with 
existing infrastructure. And oh, yeah. the third benefit, oh. uh, comparing to traditional uh, software, is that our software is fully cloud-based. This seems to be obvious in, in current uh, time. Everything is cloud-based. Uh, you don't have movies on your computer. You watch Netflix. You don't have music. You stream via Spotify. But what is obvious for consumers, sometimes it's not so obvious in medical world. So uh, I would say uh, that our system is one of the very first cloud-based uh, um, systems for, for EKG analysis. And it was very obvious that this is huge advantage during um, COVID time. So uh, physicians uh, could have access to the data from their home, from their mobile phones. They could basically do their job no matter if they were inside of the hospital or outside of the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Just as you say, you can find everything on the cloud right now. Even cloud formation interpretation could be found on cloud. Yeah, that's look, correct. Let, let's, let's try and have a look um, at the solution itself and uh, show us um, how it works and uh, what the this actionable insights that you uh, uh, say you get, uh, how, how do they look like, okay? So, Rafael, let's make a simulation. I'm your new client in a cardiological clinic in, where is your most promising market right now? Right now, Germany. So, ich bin ein, ein Herz, uh, Herz Doktor. Um, ich spreche ein bisschen Englisch. Uh, please show me how it works. Perfect. Uh, so, mm, as I said before, uh, the important part of the um, system is that what you see is fully cloud-based. So we will not need to come over to your clinic. We can do all the deployment completely remotely. Yeah. Uh, and the system will be up and running 30 minutes after this presentation. So this is kind of beauty of, of the cloud-based solution. and. Uh, what you need to do uh, uh, on daily basis, uh, you you just need to upload the data from from your uh, from your local computer. Uh, in this case, we have data gathered uh, with GE Healthcare device device, but um, our system is hardware agnostic. So no matter what kind of device you have in your clinic, uh, we will be able to read the data from, from that particular equipment. Rafael, uh, and we are planning to upgrade our equipment and I understand you will be able to cover this as well, right? You cover all the possible EKG machines, okay. That's correct, yeah. And uh, uh, right now I will just put some random mm -hmm. data here uh, as a patient data and yes, okay. upload the signal. Um, as you have seen, the upload itself is pretty quickly. Yeah. Of course, it depends on the network connection. Mm -hmm. mm. And now the magic is happening. Uh, what is happening is our algorithm on the servers uh, process uh, your data. Mm. Depending on the length of the data, it can take uh, 
some minutes uh, to, to have the results back. The important factor for you, my German uh, user, is that we have separate server locations on all major markets, okay. meaning that in German case, the data is storage and processed uh, in Germany. So the data does not leave uh, German borders. The same is true for UK and of course all the uh, major markets. This is because the uh, privacy regulations. Also the data transmission itself is fully encrypted, end-to-end -end encrypted. So even if someone will have access, physical access to our servers, uh, the data over there will not make any sense uh, for, for, the, for the random user. So we, we spent a lot of time to uh, take care about the privacy and, and data, data security. Uh, as you can see in lower right corner, our software is also medical device. You can see C mark. Uh, that's something unique that the purely software-based solution is treated as a medical device, but that's, uh, this is the requirement. So our software uh, have basically the same, uh, fulfills basically the same regulation as Holter device or EKG machine. Cool. Uh, the report is ready right now. We can see what uh, are the most important findings here. Uh, yeah, so Lucky John Doe uh, has 95% of normal rhythm, which is good. I mean, uh, for 95% of the time, uh, his heart uh, rhythm is normal, which is, which is completely standard. Rafael, uh, Rafael. Remind me, please. Otherwise, yeah. I would have to write all these descriptions and interpretations manually, right? This is this is this is the main like game changer in the same. Right now, I'm doing this manually, and you give me a final version or a version to 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 be to base my own interpretation on, or can I just uh, send PDF and share it with my client uh, patient? Yeah. So. Of course, uh, the, the software that is currently uh, used by clinicians uh, do some of this job. So for example, all those charts are similar to the one uh, that they are used to uh, see in, in traditional software. Uh, what, what our software uh, does is uh, uh, full uh, classification. So we don't require you to do any additional steps regarding classification, noise uh, interpretation, okay. or basically cleaning the signal. And take this, me through the tabs. Uh, oh, sorry. T take me through the tabs as well, like description, hourly summary table, uh, written by hour, mm -hmm. just to have a general look. Uh, yeah, so uh, those, those tabs contains all the information that you require to make uh, clinical decisions. So. It's important to mention that our software is not diagnostic software. So we, we don't claim that we do diagnostics. We, we support your uh, activities to make the best possible diagnosis on, on this particular patient. 
So you have the description that is basically generated by our natural language processing module uh, that you can copy and paste to given patient documentation. Hourly summary table and rhythms by hour, those are tables containing the data, uh, details of data for all the uh, seven days of this particular recording. Uh, heart rate plot is traditional heart rate plot containing the basically the pace of your, your heart during the whole study. But the most important uh, parts uh, are contained in selected ECG events. So what our algorithm does is selection from those seven days of examination, it selects the most important uh, events that you should look into, right? Okay. So okay. Okay. To, to, to simplify, uh, instead of looking into seven days recording, which is like kilometers of EKG strip, you can just uh, look into these selected EKG events to have best possible uh, knowledge about this given patient. And the result as you see them uh, can be sent via PDF. Of course, they can be also edited at this stage. So what, what you can see, you can what you can do is you can edit all those sections. You can select which events will be included in final final report. And usually these selected ECG events are either irregularities or some uh, events like yeah. requiring special attention because they are out of the norm for this very patient, right? More or less. Okay. Yeah, cool. that, that's correct. In this case, we see mainly sinus uh, events, which are normal, but you see also examples of ventricular beat that are um, something that we should give special attention to. Okay, as far as languages, this is in English. Do you have other languages as well? German? Yes, uh, we do. Uh, of course, as Germany is an uh, uh, important market for us, we have a German version, but also uh, Dutch, Portuguese, French, and Italian. Okay, cool. Thank you very much. Yeah, so speaking on the business side, um, how do you price it? What's the model right now? You have paying customers, I understand. And if whatever you can share with us would be great to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Cardiomatic is currently used by approximately 900 uh, practices across Europe. Uh, by practices, I mean both small, single, uh, like single physicians and also big hospitals. So uh, we are size agnostic. We can deploy cardiomatics within small uh, practice and a big hospital as well. The uh, business model uh, is pretty simple. Actually, there are two uh, possibilities. One is uh, fee for service or paper use. Uh, you um, pay a small amount of money every time you use cardiomatics. So there are no um, subscription fees. There are no uh, additional costs. You just pay uh, as much as you use cardiomatics. And this business model 
is typically popular among small um, practices, single practitioners. Um, on the other hand, we offer a subscription, which is uh, basically what we all understand as subscription. You pay same amount of money every month and you have uh, unlimited access to cardiomatics. The uh, cost of the subscription depends on the number of devices you have uh, within our umbrella. So the more devices your hospital owns, the more you pay for subscription. Uh, just to give you rough uh, number, a middle-sized clinic uh, will pay on average 1,000 euro per month of subscription. And this would allow to uh, diagnose, or let's say, to interpret uh, EKG uh, readings from how many patients? No. Like more or less? Uh, yeah, more or less uh, that kind of clinic do up to 100 um, examinations per month. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. And as far as, as far as data from one clinic in Germany, let's say, and I'm the patient, can I somehow make this clinic to transfer this data to another clinic, not to do the same, not to go through the same process again? What, what, do you, what uh, practical experience you have on this side? Yeah, so uh, what we are referring to is basically close integration to EHR system or creating some kind of network within cardiomatics. Uh, we are not there yet, uh, but with growing number of users, we do have that kind of, let's say, collaboration features uh, on our roadmap. So uh, you can expect that in upcoming months, we will release some of those features to our end users. Okay, cool. Interesting. Rafael, to move, before we move on to the next, uh, next round, what interesting or cool thing about the project uh, and, and the solution I forgot to ask? What would you ask yourself? Yeah, I, I think um, that uh, the unexplored uh, area is uh, predictive analysis. So um, right now what we do is simple diagnosis, of course, my technical team would not agree that this is simple because we have sophisticated algorithms, but still we are uh, trying to figure out what's going on here and now with this particular patient. Uh, I think that the very interesting direction, and we see more and more of that in, in medicine, digital health uh, especially, is predictive analysis. So. Once we will gather enough data, especially data from the same patients, but through the long period of time, we will be able to give not only diagnosis, but also some predictive information. Like uh, with your current lifestyle, you have 60% of chances of developing atrial fibrillation in upcoming 10 years, something like that. So uh, this is, kind of middle or long-term vision, but I think this is uh, where things are getting very interesting. Very bad of me not to ask this question. I think this is very important because it's first forward-looking and also something that might keep you busy for many years to come. And I understand this would be a one of the outcomes of uh, big data kind of collection, right, of uh, this information. 
uh, interesting. And then you, of course, can do demographic uh, categorization, right? And then, wow, that's an interesting intellectual and definitely like, like more of a deep tech run rather than like med tech, yeah, right? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it, it, it opens very interesting discussion about uh, demographic, about the uh, epidemiology, things like that. So uh, as I said, it's we are not there yet. Uh, we observe that uh, other companies are also trying to figure out how to tackle this area, but I believe uh, this will be kind of hot uh, thing in next five, 10 years. Rafael, thanks a lot. Enough about a solution and product. Let's move on and see um, how many sparring partners you have around two competitors. Who would you call your biggest two, three competitors and how do you want to be on top of them? Yeah, uh, so uh, we, we are uh, in medical industry and uh, the kind of uh, unique thing for medical industry uh, with all the risk for, for, for this industry is that it is uh, at least 10 years or tw maybe even 20 years behind other industries. Uh, it's mainly because we are dealing with humans, right? So uh, you don't want to make too many innovation or experiments on, on, on humans. But okay. uh, what, what I'm uh, trying to say is that our main competitor is basically traditional software or status quo. So 90, probably 99% of, of uh, EKG examinations in the world are currently um, analyzed by humans, I mean manually. So uh, if, if we go to the market, if we, if we talk with our potential customers, Typically, is not we don't deal with the situation where they have uh, our competitor um, competitive solution in their practice. Typically, they don't have any AI software at all. So that's that's ninety nine percent of the market. In wow. the remaining one percent of the market, there are companies that do AI based software for EKG examination. Um, the largest one is company called Cardiologs from France. Um, they, they do um, a very similar uh, thing. The value proposition is slightly different uh, and, and they mainly, mainly target US market while we are uh, focusing on Europe. But this is, this is definitely the, our, our closest uh, competitor. As far as regulations, by the way, which are more like stricter, difficult to go through, European or American FDA? Um, uh, right now, the situation is changing. So uh, for many years, uh, FDA was considered to be more difficult. But with current uh, MDR, which is new regulation that uh, that. Uh, uh, started this year in Europe, I believe they are pretty similar. So both of them require very high level of security, very high level of evidence, very high level of, and tons of documentation basically. So um, I would say as for now, MDR and FDA 
are similar, similarly um, challenging. Um, I would say that the most uh, challenging thing is that AI software uh, is not uh, old thing. Uh, it, it has uh, appeared like 10 years ago, maximum. So uh, both those uh, regulations, FDA and MDR, are actually right now trying to adopt to those new technologic, technological changes. So uh, we all need to somehow figure out how to uh, tackle AI software within existing regulations. Yeah, yeah, tackle and uh, to popularize and in introduce into the like everyday practice. Okay, so as far as competitors understand, not not very crowded space. You just said this, and I understand the biggest uh, hurdle to uh, expansion is what uh, educational curve on the side of uh, physicians and like your your clients basically. Cool, Rafael. Let's move on. Uh, round three, quick Q and A. What are your key productivity hacks as the founder, co-founder of a company, deep, deep tech, med tech, and one of the most like exciting, but also challenging, demanding in terms of time and effectiveness of your time? Not sure if I have any specific uh, uh, tactics. Um, I, my impression is that I spend like 20% of my time uh, trying to uh, optimize my calendar and doing task and time management. I, I don't know if it's uh, only me, but what I observe is that uh, you can somehow optimize your day or, or basically your productivity, uh, taking care about your calendar and, and uh, task list. That's do I, that's what I observed on my. Do I understand correctly? You not not some like you're not focusing uh, as much on what to do, but rather what not to do, right? And this is your your hack. Yeah, uh, that's 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 the one thing. And second thing is uh, to block similar activities uh, next yes, to each great. other and 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 trying to not have uh, too many cool. meetings if possible. That, that's interesting block to block like um to to do similar things one after another not to have high expenses time 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 spending on setup like uh, uh setup costs right when you switch from one yeah, task it, to a completely different task maybe with one set of people to a completely different set of people because there's all these uh, transition uh, expenses, right? Uh, Time-wise and people-wise and location-wise and so on. Nice. Yes, that's that's absolutely true. So again, I'm not sure if it's only me, but for me, the most energy-consuming uh, thing is context switching. So I, I I don't like too too many context switching if possible. Yes. Okay. Great. And let's move on to more technical side of things. And what tools have helped you most in this company? Tools, I mean, apps, programs, solutions, etc. So uh, as Cardiomatics, we have quite common uh, stack of technology. I, I will not go too deeply into, into uh, our uh, product. Uh, my partner, Mariusz, would know more about, about our stack over there, like uh, um, deep learning uh, things and, and that kind of stuff. But... On the, on the operational part, 
product-wise, we we use uh, GitLab, which is kind of uh, environment where we uh, develop our product ideas when we manage uh, our technical activities. Uh, Business-wise, we use HubSpot for as our CRM and uh, marketing tool. I think also kind kind of common practice. Uh, Communicational-wise, we use Slack internally. Um, that's I think three tools I spend the most time in, and of course email. Uh, that's I believe at least forty percent of my time. So to sum it up, you're using regular mundane tools to reach unique results and produce unique uh, solutions. Thank you. <laughs> and that's the art, right, uh, uh, of, of doing something. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> doing that's our more. best. Rafael, let's move on to round four. And that's a round four about is about the company itself. So founded 2017, I understand. As far as founders, Rafael Samborski, PhD, CEO in, on, on our screens. Uh, and your co-founder, CTO, Mariusz Monshor. If I'm correct, and That's this, correct, this is the technical guy covering all of that. And I understand you are both the, are the uh, alumni of uh, AGH, University of Krakow. Everything Could, is correct. Yeah, how many how many more people you have in the, in the team right now, and are you hiring? Yes, so we just crossed um, 30 people mark, so there are 28 more people in our team. Uh, right now, we are a very technical oriented team, so most of these people are either engineers or data analysts. Um, uh, we have also built a business team that currently consists of uh, seven people. Um, and yes, we are hiring. Uh, we are hiring both uh, in technical part of our um, company, uh, software developers, data scientists, and we also hire in uh, business part of our uh, company, uh, marketing people and uh, salespeople. So we are trying to develop both legs of our company at the same time. Yeah, to run quicker, faster, <laughs> and all the time. Look, as far as the recruitment process, uh, do you have any uh, interesting kind of insights? How do you do recruitment for the technical people, for instance? Uh, encoders, do you have it like your own tests or do you do uh, test days or test weeks? Uh, what's your approach to find, you know, to find the really good one? Yeah, so what we uh, found out lately uh, is that uh, it is more and more difficult to attract uh, tech talent. Uh, generally speaking, attracting tech uh, talent is difficult, but attracting tech talent is uh, even more difficult. So what we uh, do currently is uh, we are trying to build our pipeline of, of candidates. So we, we are pretty early at this stage uh, as previously uh, the, the techniques we used previously, mainly via our uh, university network, okay. Uh, they don't work anymore. This is because we are right now looking for more 
senior people rather than junior people. So I see. Uh, uh, right now, the most challenges we have are on building pipeline of candidates rather than techniques to filter them to, 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 uh, to onboarding. But uh, what I think is kind of, uh, kind of work, no matter in which area, is that we do um, recruitment tasks, uh, okay. I would call okay. them. So mm -hmm. we like to give very simple uh, tasks to do during our uh, recruitment process. Typically, we, we give like 24 hours um, to, to fulfill them. And uh, those uh, tasks are not very complicated. So typically, they should not take more than, I don't know, one hour max of, 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 the, of the time of candidate. But we, with these tasks, we want to also test the engagement and uh, the general uh, thinking of, of, of given candidate. So uh, okay. it worked uh, previously and it works very nicely no matter which area we are talking about. Yeah, okay, okay, interesting. Look, I know you have to run to another meeting. Let's uh, try to cover four, uh, round five as well. Round five, we call this a Formula F3, funding for the future. So, and before we cover the, the future plans uh, for the funding, you just closed a couple of months back, I understand you just closed seeds round, congratulations. And this is uh, 3.5 uh, million euros, right? Um, USD. U sorry, USD, okay, with the lineup of VCs like Kaya VC, Nina Capital, Nova Capital, Innovation Nest, but also a grant from Polish um, uh, National Center of Research and Development, $1 million this, uh, this time. So yeah. a huge amount of money. How do you plan to uh, spend it effectively? Yeah, so um, mm, we want to spend it wisely. Uh, so uh, definitely uh, we will want to keep a healthy balance between business activities and product activities. So uh, as I said, we are now growing both business team and product team. Um, so business-wise, we are realistic. The, this is uh, not a small amount of money. But this is amount of money that will help us to rather establish our presence on existing markets rather than rapidly expanding on lots of new markets. So, so strengthen position. Yeah, yeah. So, so strengthen, strengthen the position where you are, and, and through what? Through positioning yourself as experts with targeted targeted specialist um, uh, PR and marketing and, and what events, I understand, and one-on-one -on -one visits or, or conversations, right? So th this, this kind of game. Yeah, everything what you mentioned, uh, plus something that is unique for medical area, which is clinical evidence. So uh, we expect to spend a significant part of this money to what I would call building our clinical footprint. So we okay. want to onboard clinical experts. We want to run a um, couple of uh, large 
clinical projects okay. uh, to build more evidence and to, as I call it, increase our footprint in clinical world. Or you could combine with any pharmacy company dealing with heart diseases or something where they already recruited hospitals. So this, uh, how to say, like medical leads or, or medical, you know, like experts. And you just uh, catch up with them and go through the same channels that they already established and, you know, you don't have to spend time on recruiting. Um, yeah, hospitals. yeah, ab absolutely. Uh, uh, pharma companies are only one example, but uh, being realistic, we know that we will need to have partners. Yeah, so okay. uh, we are looking not only for pharma companies, but also for hardware manufacturers, yeah, yeah. distributors, and anyone who uh, is close to physicians, anyone who is close to patients. Uh, to build synergies because uh, still being a small company, we know that it will be easier to, to have this impact uh, together with, with our partners. Rafa, last question. What's in it for you in terms of long-term exit scenarios? Do you have any plans now? Uh, no, I have my, 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 my own dreams uh, that I, I will keep for myself, uh, but... Uh, uh, I don't have any specific exit uh, scenario or uh, we, we don't play any specific exit game. Uh, we, we rather think about cardiomatics as uh, our uh, child that we want to raise uh, to a moment where it, it will be grown up. Uh, we, we are not sure if it will take 5, 10, 15 years. Uh, but definitely what drives mm, us, I'm talking about whole team, is to make healthcare more available, uh, more uh, efficient, and basically closer to patient. So uh, as, as you mentioned in the beginning, we have like 7.5 billion potential stakeholders, and, and, and we want to find a way to somehow impact and make their lives uh, more uh, healthy and uh, uh, more diagnostic-wise, uh, more, more uh, basically better. Yes. Rafael, thanks a lot for the chat. I wish you all the best. And I wish you, like knowing how uh, data, data, big data analysis and all the tools to analyze is growing, you could say in quantum leaps. I'm sure at some point you will have this like, this, this, this critical mass will be gathered on the data side, but also on tools that you, you, can, uh, you can use to interpret. And all of a sudden you would go through quantum leaps of development of your program, uh, sorry, your solution and your company as well. Wish you all the best. Thanks a lot. We hope to keep uh, in touch you, with you and um, monitor all your heart related successes. All the best, bye. Thank you, Alex. It was a pleasure.